Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody, listeners. I'm so sorry, but I'm back. I am back. It's been a long time, but it feels weird to be here. Back with the Forza Italian Football Podcast to reflect on round 19, the midway point of the season. Can you believe it? I'm joined by the guy who kept the seat warm for me, Ewan Burns. Ewan, hello. Hello. Thank you very much for for looking after the pod in my absence. It was... A longer absence than I expected, to be honest with you. But look, I'm here now. I've recovered. And that's all that matters. Let me tell you, I was in some pain, you and I don't want to get into what. <laughs> I was in some pain for about 10 days. And I had some of the worst nights of my life. But look, we're back. We're ready to go. Just in time for the Christmas break, I'll pop my head back above the surface and then disappear under it for a nice little Christmas <laughs> holiday. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, an unwelcome reminder for most of the listeners, I'm sure. But we are here to talk about yet another ridiculous round of Serie A and ridiculous for reasons which we will get into from kickoff times to teams not being allowed to travel, but Lega Serie A insisting that the game must go ahead anyway. That game happened, or didn't, in Udine, where Udinese were supposed to host Salernitana, but due to a COVID outbreak at Salernitana, their local health authority didn't permit the team to travel. So Lega Serie A stepped in and said, okay, well, we'll postpone this game, right? No, because that's not what they do, because they're all morons there. They insisted that the game would go ahead. Udinese went to the stadium, and we were greeted with this awaiting arrival of away team. Yet again, I've missed it this season, to be perfectly honest with you. So that was quite nice to see they're sticking with that wording. But the football did eventually get underway. And Juventus beat Cagliari 2-0. Genoa held Atalanta 0-0 in what was, for me, the most predictable result of the round. And if you don't believe me, check out my Twitter. 
Venezia lost 3-1 against Lazio. Sassuolo, surprisingly, were beaten 3-0 by Bologna. Verona Fiorentina played out a 1-1 draw at the Bentegodi. Roma Sampdoria also finished 1-1. Inter edged Torino 1-0. Milan beat Empoli 4-2 in quite a thrilling game in Tuscany. And Spezia, with the shock of the round, went away to the Stadio Diego Armando Maradona and beat Napoli 1-0. Well, Ewan, it's been around. It's been a while since we've spoken. I've got a lot of energy. I've had one or two coffees too many today, which we discussed off air, but we're going to get through this podcast one way or another. So do you want to start with the anger or do you want to start with the more positive side of things? I'll let you choose since you did such a fine job hosting in my absence. I think <clears throat> I think we'll go positive at first because I think people really actually want to hear the anger. So we'll keep them waiting for that because as much as humans might pretend that that's not what they want to hear, that is what they want to hear. So we'll keep okay. that. Well, in the week that saw both Milan clubs announce their new cathedral design for the San Zero, which, let's be honest, we might not see in our lifetimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> they both pulled clear as... Well, not pulled clear, but there is now a three-point gap between... Milan in second and Napoli in third. And then there's a four-point gap from Milan to Inter. But it's the two Milanese clubs in the top two positions again this season. And it looks like they might now just have that little bit too much quality and, uh, I dare say, consistency for the other teams around them. But Milan 4-2 at Empoli. I guess we should start there. You and you watched the majority of this game, but then Milan went 3-1 up and you got bored. Yeah, more or less. It was a mixture of not so much boredom. I would have kept watching if Napoli weren't on the other side currently losing. And I thought, well, it's 3-1 now. That's a better use of my time. <laughs> but it was it was quite an entertaining game. And it was, it was one of them where, even though Milan then went 3-1 up, it could have gone the other way. Empoli were dangerous and they were very much in the game. And as, as has been said on previous podcasts, they're a lot more interesting than we probably expected this season. They are, they are actually a decent team to watch. Because one of them, I looked at the fixture list and I thought, oh, Empoli, Milan, can I be bothered? And I thought, oh, actually, Empoli are top half, aren't they? <laughs> they're much better than I remember. Um, but yeah, it was very, very level in the first half. And then um, Ron Kessie made it 2-1 towards the end of the half. And then they, then they scored relatively quickly in the second and it just kind of got away from Empoli but you know on another day that could have been one of these results where Milan left wondering what could have been yeah well Milan eventually got there because of their impressive away record and they're the second team in the history of Serie A to win 17 away games in a single calendar year after Napoli hit 18 in 2017 that's an astonishing record but this Empoli team they have just quietly slipped under the radar this season and they're right up there with those I mean much bigger clubs all around them and I I do think we've probably done them a bit of a disservice in not talking about them quite as much as we perhaps should this season and if you look at the stats from this game they completed more passes than Milan they had more of the ball they had 16 shots to Milan's 18 this was maybe a little bit closer than the, the scoreline even suggested it was. Yeah, I think in terms of them slipping on the radar, radar, I think it's largely because with the teams around them, 
you can sort of pinpoint one or two fashionable players that we all like to talk about. And they don't really have that. They are much more of a much more of a unit. But they, they were very, very tidy in that first half. And they there was a decent patch before Front Casse made it two one where they were the team that you'd probably say, not overwhelmingly we're gonna score next, but they probably did look a bit more likely. And you know, they'll they'll probably think to themselves, well, do you know what we you know, we lost at home to Milan, so be it, you know, we wouldn't we would have expected to do that at the start of the season. And they'll just take the positives from it and move on. They will. Speaking of people who are moving on, Frank Kessie, he needed that today. He got two goals, two important goals for Milan. They're their opener. And then the goal that put them two one ahead after Empoli had leveled. And I was very happy for him because he didn't have the best of days against Napoli over the weekend, and he, he he came in for a bit of criticism. Fair enough on the basis of that performance and some of his others of late. But at the same time, a lot of the reaction to to Kessie has been, I would suggest, over the top. This is a guy who's played a lot of football, bearing in mind that he went to the Olympics with the Ivory Coast as well, and since he's been at Milan. After a, a slowish start, maybe in his first six to nine months, he's been by far and away one of their best players. And players dip in and out of form. So to see him get two goals today, I was very pleased. Obviously, I've got a bit more affinity to him because of where he came through. But I'm, I'm sure I can't be alone in, in feeling a bit of happiness for, for Frank. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Whenever you get a player who is sort of regardless of whether people feel it's deserved or whatever, when you get a player who is getting stick from a fan base and it's sort of growing because <laughs> because of the whole contract situation, it is sometimes nice to see him get a couple of goals and just, even though he didn't, smile. Um, I'm sure he might he smile doesn't, at some does he, point. when he scores. Yeah, he, do, he doesn't smile on camera. Uh, I'd like to think he smiles at some point in his <laughs> in his normal life. But, um, but yeah, they, I wouldn't say he ran the game necessarily, but, you know, he popped up with... Couple of first goal was pretty decent. Second one was it was a tough angle, but it, it shouldn't have gone in. It went through the keeper's legs. But you know he had to be there, and you know you look at the team they play, and he had Salamakas and Macias alongside him with Giroud ahead. It, it wasn't you know it's not a flowing Milan attack, and he kind of had to chip in a bit more up there than he would normally want to or be asked to, and he did it very effectively. Teron Andes getting the fourth. For Milan, he's been one of the players who has been missing in recent weeks and people have pointed to his absence as being important for Milan. I guess him scoring a goal like this just proves that he has been quite badly missed. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it, it essentially, it's just another player on the pitch who can score a goal out of relatively nothing or, or set one up. He's just such... You know, he's been not so much right now with the inconsistency with injuries and stuff this season, but you know he has been talked about in the bracket of among the best left backs in the world and stuff. And there are times when you can very much see it. He has got elements of his game that he has to sort out. He can be rather petulant at times, but there's no denying how dangerous he is, and that's why he's deeply important to that team. Milan 42 points then at the midway point. This time last season, I don't mean this time in the calendar, I mean this time in the fixture list after 19 games, Milan were winter champions with 43. They had just one more point at this point last season. So Milan, things are going quite well. A team who have significantly improved though. 
on their 41 points after 19 games last season. Now, Inter, they're sitting top with 46, five points more than at this same point last season. And their recent form has, I mean, it's just quite ominous, isn't it, for the rest of Serie A that we lost a little bit of perspective maybe I, I'll hold my hand up and say that I did when they lost Lukaku Conte and, and Hakimi over the summer I didn't expect them to be five points better off halfway through this season than last no absolutely not I think um, you know there there was like you say a bit a bit of overreaction to that but also it's the sort of thing that should be quite seismic losing mm. a coach of that quality one of if not at the time possibly the best Probably not, but certainly like top three strikes in the world at the time, mm. and a guy who was arguably the best right back in best in form right back in the league at the time. It's it's a big deal to lose, and when you have to when you have to replace those players with you know Jeko, who has done significantly better than expected, um, Correa, who hasn't done a lot yet, and then Denzel Dumfries very late in the window who didn't have anything resembling a pre-season, didn't speak anything at all of the language and just sort of got parachuted in quite late on because the deal rumbled on so long. It's it's very fair to assume that they're not mm. going to be the same team. But I mean, it, it shows, number one, how well Jacko has done and other players stepping up. But how well Inzaghi has done, he's done an incredible job, I think. He has, hasn't he? And everybody knew that he was a good coach from the work that he did at Lazio. But to take over this Inter job, after Conte, who was such an influential figure in that Inter, and not just the dressing room, but the Inter's whole environment, and to make them better. I mean, five points more in Serie A, and they are through in the Champions League, which Conte was never able to man- to, to manage. I, I just think all we can do is, is stand back and applaud what Inzaghi has done there so far. It's been a seamless transition more or less, for the first month. And then he's made them better than they were. And they were champions last year. So I, it's getting to that point now where for much of the season, I have been quietly convinced. And I think I've probably said it on the pod as well a couple of times, despite what some, I mean, idiots will, will point out to me or try to point out to me on social media. I've been pretty confident about Milan's title chances this season. But I just look at Inter now and I think, no, nah, I, I, I find it hard to see anybody being within an arm's length of them this year. This time last year, me and Kev had that bet and I said they'd win the league by 10 points easily. I haven't had that confidence about this Inter side until now, but we're getting into that territory again where I think, yeah, what is it? They've got a four-point lead by now they'll win it by 12 <laughs> and it's a bit it's a bit upsetting because for so long this season we've seen Napoli we've seen Atalanta come up into the conversation in recent weeks Milan have been up there and in the end it looks like Inter are just what Juve were and they'll they'll lure you into that false sense of security of thinking oh look we've got a bit of excitement here a title race who's that coming up oh oh they're gone they're they're too far away it's like you you're you're stumbling home on on a night out, right? And there's no taxis, and you think, all right, yeah, look, I'll walk and I'll keep an eye over my shoulder. And if I hear a car, I'll look, and if I see the taxi come, I'll I'll hail it down. And you hear a car coming, 
and as you turn around you're you're not sober enough to have heard it early enough and then the car's already passed you and then by the time you realize it was a taxi it's it's, it's long gone and i, I just think that is hinter in the title <laughs> this season i don't know if that makes any sense but i'm sticking with it one of the reasons inter are so far clear is because atalanta have just i don't want to say they've capitulated but they've had a bad week they, they were hammered 4-1 against Roma, which you guys spoke about in the regular pod. And now they've gone and drawn away to Genoa, 0-0. And we should be sitting here speaking positively about Atalanta because they've got 38 points at the midway point of the season. When I started supporting Atalanta, if they had 38 points after 38 games, that was brilliant. But they're not that team anymore. They've got two points more than they did at this point last season. But something's just not quite right this last week. Yeah, it's it just feels like there's every single time we think that they've sort of finally cracked it in terms of a properly consistent run. Because what, what did they get to? Five wins in a row. And you mm. think, right, here we go. They're, <laughs> they're flying now. And obviously there's almost everyone. I mean, is it just Robin Gersons who's missing now? And you start to think that, you know, they're, they're going to really steam in the, in the way that Inter are. Mm. And then there's always something. And, you know, this time it's two teams that you really, really would have batted them against. Obviously, you know, Roma yeah. aren't an easy team to beat, but it's it's a game that Atalanta... But they have been for Atalanta. Have Atalanta have beaten them five times under gasp. Roma have mm. been a bit of a, like, that, oh yeah, we'll go there and or they'll come here and we'll pump them. 4-1 yeah. last year. And now it's the same score, but the opposite way. <laughs> And then Genoa in in this form, you just think, well, you know, surely they're going to keep winning those games. And then then you're in a situation where you, I, I don't know the maths, but I imagine they'd probably be second if they won those games. Mm. And um, and then you're looking at a very different thing in January, where you've got two teams who it's almost like who's going to blink first sort of thing. But now, as you said with Inter, they they do look a step ahead of everybody else now. Where Atalanta are now in relation to. Milan and Napoli, it's very hard to tell because you don't know how those two teams are going to react when they do get people back and have had a rest and everything. Teams do have dips, though, right? And Atalanta notoriously are better in the second half of the season. This Inter team are due a bit of a dip at some point in the next, what's left, five months of the season. So... We can't sit here and write them off. Of course, there there is Milan and Napoli between them and Inter now as well. But I've had my doubts about Napoli since September. Milan, yeah, they're a solid team, but they're probably as in this title race as, as Atalanta are. You could say. I'm not saying that, but you could say that. Um, Atalanta have what it takes to take advantage of a team slipping in front of them we saw it in the was it the which was the covid season 2020 and 2021 right where they were nowhere near the title race and then suddenly they finished what was it it was 1920 and then suddenly they finished two points off top they just that had that surge so maybe the maybe they're not say in that regard is that and also it doesn't necessarily have to happen but inter haven't had the four or five key players out injured spell yet mm. that most teams tend to get at least once in a season, particularly at the moment. 
And, you know, they're not necessarily always going to get it. And I think Inzaghi has been very good at the way he's rotated his squad so far. I think the fixture list has worked out quite nicely in that respect. But they've got a big, big run coming in January and February. And if they, you know, if they end up with, say, you know, you think equivalent-wise of what Napoli and Milan had out, have had out, if they had Dzeko out, Barella out, Brozovic out, and Skunia, I say, all at once, you know, it's a very different thing then. They can start drawing games away, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And then it all changes again. It does. It does. And we've got to put Atalanta in the category of Milan and Napoli who have had players out as well. Um, yeah. Hatabor is back, but he's not. He's he's not the same Hans Hatabor yet. And we're not holding that against him. He had a quite serious injury and was out for a year. So he's going to take a bit of time to get back to it. Uh, Mele is now out as well, which doesn't help as he is Gosen's replacement. But Gosen should touch all of the wood that surrounds you be making a return at some point in January unless he suffers another setback in his recovery but fingers crossed he doesn't um yeah Atalanta are just a funny thing I think what will concern Atalanta fans and what has been concerning Atalanta fans the most with that general performance was some players just didn't look like they were playing in in a Gasparini team or that they were playing in in this Atalanta team and these are players who don't necessarily always start anyway. And then they're giving it given a chance against Genoa. You would think they'd want to grasp it, but they they just didn't. And it's disappointing to see that. Luis Muriel, I don't know what is going on there, but he's not himself this season. He's had a couple of games where he's come on and scored against young boys. He did against the game I was at. What was that? Spezia. He did it there. He did it against Roma as well. He came off the bench and forced that goal with the shot that deflected off Cristante. But it's almost crazy to talk about a player who's come off the bench to score three times in a month, not being at his usual level. But he's he's not when you watch him play. Miranchuk. Miranchuk's just not what Atalanta need him to be. I, I'm sure there's a player in there, but it's reached the point now where I don't think we're ever going to see it. In, in Bergamo, there's, he's being linked with the move to Genoa. Now, when he signed, he was supposed to be like the Vice Ilicic. You know, he, he's nowhere near that level. It's, it's upsetting to see, but all the talk at the moment is that Boga is going to come in in January, Miranchuk's going to be off, and maybe a couple of other departures as well. So if Boga goes into this Atalanta team and can settle under Gasparini, and that's a big if because of the work rate that he demands, it, it, they could be well, back into things. Napoli lost 1-0 at home to Spezia. And I... I mean, look. No one saw this coming. I, I don't care who you are. Even if you didn't expect Napoli to win or you expected Napoli to have a tough day. Nobody thought that relegation threatened Spezia were going to go to Naples and leave with a 1-0 win. Am I, am I right in saying that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even the way things have been for Napoli, I still thought they'd win this one because mm. you know you just thought you know you think they'd find a way. But what what feels almost while I have no particular affiliation towards Napoli, what feels almost sad watching them right now is you look at the lineup and the bench and sort of what if when they're behind the way that they play, it just feels like they don't know where to turn. Like, you know, every now and then you get that feeling when the team that you support 
is missing players or you know you've used your subs and all that sort of thing. And you're like, how does it change? Like, I can't see how any of these players are going to make it change <laughs> right now. Yeah. And that's that's what it felt like. It just looked like it just looked like they were done, basically. They're, they're just waiting for this break, which they badly, badly need. They desperately do. Good news that Victor Osimhen is going to be making a return soon. He's he's going to be allowed to return to training with you wearing a mask and things like that. But is that really good news? Because if he gets back to fitness, Nigeria are going to take him away to the. Yeah, the he said he's going to be at Afcon, didn't he? Like providing he's picked, mm-hmm. which I mean, it's quite nice and humble of him to say if I get chosen to be in the squad. Yeah, <laughs> arguably the be. best striker. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think you're all right there. Yeah, probably the continent's best striker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and arguably since what? Drogba, Eto. I know they've got like Manu, yeah. but he's he's different. Yeah, he's I, I, I'd call him a forward rather than a striker. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Mm. There was probably a very brief period where you could make a case for a Bamiyang, but certainly not anymore. Mm. Again. Is he not a forward? Let's look. No one. Yeah. No one's having this. No, no. I, I, I double down on striker. <laughs> okay, I'm going to double down on on forward just to, to <laughs> get under your skin. Then, just going to take a quick break to to mention that um, you will be listening to this podcast on Patreon, Acast, Spotify, wherever. Which you really shouldn't be because it's a midweek round of fixtures and usually they're only available on patreon.com slash Forza Italian Football for our five euro and ten euro patrons. However, it's Christmas. We're feeling generous. So we're putting it out there for all of you guys. But do head over to patreon.com slash Forza Italian Football. You can support the website for as little as two euro a month, which is 50 cent a week or if you want to get the extra bonus content weekly, sign up for five euro a month. It's just over a quid a week. And yeah, help us survive and get content in return. Vito is currently writing a historical piece about a game involving Diego Maradona and Roberto Baggio, which will be available in the first week of January, as well as the newsletter, which will be making a return after a brief hiatus in the new year. And we'll have Champions League pods and Serie A review pods whenever they need doing. So, patreon.com slash Forza Italian Football, two, five, or ten euro a month. And we won't disappoint you. Let's continue, shall we? Is it time, Ewan? Time for the anger. Lega Serie A. Here we go. Lega Serie A. As if we didn't know from last season how much of a farce this league can look to anybody overseas when the league insists that a game is going to go ahead despite one of the teams literally being 900 kilometers away. We saw it last year when Napoli weren't allowed to leave Campania to go to Turin. This year... Um, Salernitana weren't allowed to leave Campania to go to Udine. Udinese had to go to the stadium and, and do the usual nonsense and then be shocked when, when Salernitana didn't show up. And then the the official Serie A line on it, as you would have seen on their social media channels, was the game Udinese-Salernitana was not held because Salernitana failed to show up. Well, that's not what happened because you knew the whole world knew a day before that they were not going to be there because they never 
left Salerno, which is fucking far away. But instead, you get, if you go through the quote tweets on that tweet, people who don't follow Serie A are like, hang on, what? A, a, a team just didn't show up. If that's the official line of communication from the league, we might as well all just give up because it's it's a fucking circus and it's not going to stop being a circus anytime soon. What's What I find really funny is that it had to happen, just to make them look more daft, it had to happen with a game that I'm trying to quickly think in my head if anyone is further away from Udine than Salentano. I don't think anyone is. There's no uh, Sicily, is there? So. No, Crotone came to my mind immediately. No, no Salerno oh, yeah. are the southernmost side. If yeah, you want so a Cagliari, to perhaps, but... The furthest distance possible oh. for them to use. Thing is, when when I saw, because to be honest, this actually passed me by somewhat just because of the way my week was set up. But um, the when I saw the tweet from the English account say he failed to turn up, I assumed it was another one of their shitty translation things. <laughs> that, that's that's. I genuinely thought that until I think earlier today, possibly, but when I sort of clicked back into things a bit more. But. Um, yeah, I didn't realise that that was actually a, a thought-out <laughs> official way of saying things. Because, like you say, it, what, what is it, what, while we you know, laugh and joke about it, it, it is... I'm not laughing. Because, well, yeah, I am, but, <laughs> but to be serious about it. Um, what's annoying is that quite a good example yesterday was that I was at my... I was at my girlfriend's house, at my girlfriend's parents' house, and um, by pure chance, her dad, who knows nothing about Italian football, but he put on the Juve game yesterday briefly just because he found it he doesn't really know technology but he found it and um and obviously he starts asking me about the league and stuff and I kind of realized that everything that I was saying was negative stuff I was talking about the marketing of the league and all that sort of stuff and that the you know the shitty Twitter account and all that and it's like and I didn't even bring up this bit because I like I said I hadn't um this was pretty this is this was pretty much as it was happening but it's like you're trying to sort of sell a product to people. I mean, it's not mine to sell, but you know, I want other people to be interested in it. I want to talk to people about it, but you're just sort of talking about these random executive decisions that are utterly stupid and just sort of pull everyone's pants down and cover up the good stuff. Is there any sense to like I said, are saying that this game go ahead because I don't know if I'm just too far on the other side. But I can't understand what they could possibly be getting out of saying, no, you didn't show up. Udinese get a 3-0 win. Let's all go to court. Udinese, give us that 3-0 win back. Play the match. Because that's the, that's what happens. We've seen it before. That's the f- line that this follows. Is it? I was trying to think, is it? Is it so that they don't have to bother rescheduling or, or something? But is they it, have to really, in the end anyway. Because, you know, they can... The, the Premier League looked stupid last weekend because on the Saturday, five out of the six games were postponed, yeah. which just looks ridiculous. But somehow this is worse. <laughs> There's only one game has been postponed due to COVID in Italy, and they've made they've managed to make it because it's not been postponed. Yeah, that, like there was a Watford played someone, and it was postponed a couple of hours before the game. This yeah, is worse. It was Villa Burnley, and the Burnley right. fans would have been en route to, because it was only two hours before, and anyone who knows their English geography knows that they will have been travelling at that point. Ewan, there were Salernitana fans in the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now, we, we do have to dispel the myth, because people from Salerno and the south of Italy live everywhere. So those people would have been living in Udine. They, they went to the stadium knowing 
that they weren't seeing a match. They weren't surprised. They they went for a joke, I would imagine. I, I have a couple of Salernitana supporting friends here in Parma and they had tickets and they obviously didn't go. But there were Salernitana stadium fans at the stadium and they could, to buy a ticket, they probably would have had to use their, their address in Salerno. So they could probably make a case to say... We traveled 900 kilometers for this game. Mm. 2,000 kilometer round trip. Are you going to refund us some money? I mean, it's an absolute farce. It's a joke. And it makes following Serie A so difficult when they do things like this. And to make things worse, I heard you and Vito do the preview pod. And I hadn't realized until then that there were games being played today, Wednesday, not a live on <laughs> it's not a holiday at half past four in the afternoon which is just an extension of a problem where midweek football isn't a big culture in Italy people like a lot of things here in in the UK people like football they go to the football if you go to a football match in Italy you'll hear people talking about all sorts they'll be going to the theater they'll be going to the cinema they'll be doing other things They'll just be meeting their friends. They'll be working because everyone in Italy works until eight o'clock at night. And they're playing games at half past four on a Wednesday. But then to extend that, Serie B are trying to take advantage of the fact that there's no Serie A football over Christmas this season. So they're playing games on the 26th and the 29th. Parma are at home to Crotone on St. Stephen's Day. It's that in Italian as well. I'm not just doing that to be... Overly <laughs> Irish. Um, at half past 12 on St. Stephen's Day against Crotone. Bloody hell. Uh, again, they couldn't be making a team travel further for that match at a ridiculous time. And I've spoken to people at Parma. They're expecting no more than 3,000 people at the match. 3,000 oh, yeah. people, like... Because and then they complain that these clubs got no money. Who who gives a shit about football on St. Stephen's Day in Italy? Nobody does. On the 29th, they're playing another team from the south, this time only from Campania, so it's only a seven-hour drive. Um, half past two. It's like, and, and that's a Wednesday. And again, it's the 29th of December. It's not a holiday. Most people <coughs> will be working. There's nobody going to be at the Tardini then either. It's outrageous organisation. Um, but this is Italian football. Is there an animal in your room? Yeah, if you heard a loud noise then, listeners, it was because my cat just came and whacked a painting with his head. The way your hand <laughs> descended out of sight and the mood, I was hoping there was an animal in the room. <laughs> no, he's, uh, I'm in the kitchen. I've told everyone, leave me alone. But um, he's got a way into the kitchen from the outside. And he's appeared, and he's stuck in here now. <laughs> well, look, I'm, I'm glad he's come in because he's he's livened my spirits a bit. Even though I didn't see him, it's nice to know there's an animal about. Yeah. He's, he's not um, a pickup animal, so and he's walked uh, off as well. So can you tell that I'm going to be seeing my dog for the first time in seven months in the next twenty four hours? Even cats will do it now. Rest of the games, Ewan. Um, anything in particular you want to raise? Because to be honest with you, I'm done. <laughs> uh, I don't really want to expand on it any further, but Roma are massive weirdos, as I keep saying. Can't work them out to save my life. Same with Sassuolo, can't work them out. Um, yeah. Put you up the spot. 
Roma's points differential from last season compared to this, do you think they are better off or worse off than they were after 19 games last season? Better. They are worse off by five points. They mm. had 37 points and were sitting third at this point last season. And I could not believe that. When <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> Nine, 19 games was the 24th, 25th of January. Third? Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah, um, really but they were on 37 points. Atalanta were on 36, Juve 36, Napoli 34, Lazio 34. So it was very close. It's mm. not like they had they had much breathing room there. But yeah, yeah. So they could have been seventh the week before. Mm. Five points worse off, though. It's not great. No, it's not great. But also the, the feeling around all of it feels like it should be worse. Mm. Like it's, it's actually not a drastic difference. And they're kind of where you'd expect them to be. It's more just that the football's a bit crap. And that's what he does. The other... No, hang on. You're not allowed to say bad things about him. I'm back now, right? Um, <laughs> yes, I am. I'm a Man United fan. I'll say what I want. <laughs> of three, point, or three points worse off than they were at this point last season. The big winners, compared to last time, are, of course, Fiorentina. They had 21 points after 19 games last season. They have 32 this season. Dusan Blavic, if he's there in February, he's going to be the reason they do whatever they do between now and the end of the season. But it's looking increasingly likely that he may not be. Arsenal are apparently just ready to give Fiorentina the money they want from. We'll see what comes of that. But it'd be bad, wouldn't it? Uh, I mean, uh, uh, every single window, Arsenal get linked with a massive million, <laughs> bajillion pound move and it never happens. It only happened once with Nicola Pepe mm. with like 72 million. But they do this every time, but they don't spend that money. I can't envisage a world where they cough up what's needed for him before mm. City do. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, I just feel when Arsenal signed Lucas Torreira, who was one of the most exciting players in Europe mm. at Samp, and then he went there and, I mean... He, he was decent uh, <laughs> for a few weeks. A bit, yeah. I was quite but excited then, about it. But Arsenal got into his blood, didn't it? And yeah, it ruined yeah. him. And he just sort of went a bit AWOL. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately. But look, season's halfway done. Congratulations are in order to Inter, Winter Champions. I, I know it's been confirmed for a couple of weeks now, but applause where it's due. The bottom three, as it stands, Genoa, Cagliari, Salernitana. Salernitana, who knows if they'll be playing in Serie A by the time we next speak, because they, they might have all of their results dissolved on January 1st. So we'll keep you in the loop on that for ItalianFootball.com. I'm sure there'll be something mentioned about that in a in an opening in one of the opening newsletters of the year on patreon.com slash Forza Italian Football because it's a it's quite a frustrating thing. I might talk to some of my Salenitana friends, Salenitana <laughs> supporting friends and, and see what they make of it. But that'll do. Listeners particularly the patrons, because we love you more than we love the rest of our listeners who just seem to complain. Um, <laughs> we, If you celebrate Christmas, we hope you have a gloriously merry Christmas and a fantastic new year. Let's hope that 2022 is a little bit better than the shit show that was 2021, which for me was considerably worse than 2020. So I'm... I, I could stomach 2020, but 2021 got to me. It, it absolutely mm. killed me, to be the honest. The novelty wore off, didn't it? 
it did <laughs> but like even on a personal level right i don't usually do this but i just couldn't stick it anymore and in february i just took the decision to go home to ireland which i never thought i'd do and it was like an indefinite thing just because i couldn't bear being here and and going through it all now and i went home for like three months and Thankfully, that was just the medicine I needed. And I, I don't plan on doing that again anytime soon. But <laughs> 2021 was a rough ride, a really, really rough ride. So let's hope for better things in 2022. Um, one good thing came out of 2021, though, Ewan. Uh, all the two good things came out of 2021. Two. Can you can you guess what they are? Um, no. A year that started, <laughs> a year that started with Papu Gomez leaving Atalanta and leaving yeah. me in tears. Um, and has ended with Atalanta drawing against one of the worst teams I've seen in Serie A in a decade. Um, you joined FIF, didn't you? Well, well uh, that did pop into my head, but I thought you, you, that you simply can't say that just in case that's not what you were going to say. <laughs> no, on, on um on that on on you and on FIF, I'm I'm very proud of the the Serie A femminile coverage that we've we've introduced. Yeah, I've enjoyed this that, yeah. year. Um, I mean, we're the only English language website covering Serie A Femenile properly. So um, I'm quite pleased that we do that. And I think, to be fair, you've done very good work with that over the last nine months. So thank you for your help over the last nine months. Thank you as well to Kev and to, to Vito. We, we wouldn't be able to do this podcast on a weekly basis without you guys. The listeners hate me enough as it is. Imagine if it was only me they were listening to. Anyway, <laughs> you would say goodbye. Sign off for the year. Goodbye. Thank you for all your listening and clicking and speaking and not thank you for any stick. Was that at me or the listeners? <laughs> it was the listeners. I can extend it to you if you like. <laughs> thank you, listeners. We'll speak to you again in January. Patreon.com slash Forza Italian Football. If you want to be kept in the loop before we return to Spotify, Acast and all of those other places, we will speak to you then. Have a fantastic holiday period. Goodbye. Lo sai per un gol, io darei la vita, la mia vita, in fondo lo so, sarà una partita infinita. Un sogno che ho, è un coro che sale a sognare.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.